Hi, I'm Helen and this is Why Mums Don't Jump. Busting taboos about leaks and lumps after childbirth. All the stuff that happens to your pelvic floor that no one ever talks about. Incontinence, prolapse, pelvic pain. Problems that affect millions of women. One in three. I'm one of them. I have a prolapse. My pelvic organs fell out of place after the birth of my second child five years ago. And if you'd told me then I'd be speaking about this stuff out loud, I would have told you to give your head a wobble. Hi and welcome back. The sun is shining in Manchester. Yes, that does sometimes happen. And doesn't it just make everything feel that little bit brighter? Thank you to Dawn who listens and says the podcast is like having a conversation with a friend. That is exactly how I see it and how I wanted it to feel. So that's brilliant to hear. Thank you. Uh, And she says it's helped to feel more positive, which is even better. And I think is exactly the vibe of today's episode, which is about prolapse and going on to have more children. So for me, as you know, my prolapse happened after the birth of my son, my second child, and our family was complete. So I haven't really had to figure out whether or how I would go through all that again but I know it's a really big issue for a lot of women because if you make the decision to try again and then you do fall pregnant is it nailed on that things are going to get worse if you have a cesarean will that help Claire Bourne is a pelvic health physio based in London she's at Claire Bourne physio on Instagram where she is a font of knowledge and advice on all things pelvic floor But she's also opened up about her own experience of prolapse, which happened after the birth of a daughter four years ago. She's since gone on to have a son who's just over a year old. So she couldn't be better qualified for this. And we talk about births and healing. And even if growing your family isn't on the cards, Claire has loads of great advice. I guess prolapse was like the one thing I really didn't want to happen. And I think as physios or in our profession, yeah, it's that... It was always that like, oh, prolapse, you know, it's always talked in that way, isn't it? Um, And I think so it was was on the list of really don't want to happen. So I'll do everything I can. Um, So I had a really on paper textbook birth, which I was delighted about. You know, I was like, great, everything went to plan pretty much apart from I had a longer pushing stage, but within what they would label as normal. So I was like, great, I think I'm going to recover really, really well. And then it was sort of like, the first, the first few weeks, you just feel weird anyway. You have no idea, should this feel like this? Should it not feel like this? You're like, baby just came out of there, so I don't know. Um, and it was probably around, I'd had some, so they'd done some stitches, which I actually, I probably in hindsight, they, they sort of did too much. and It was really uncomfortable. Um, and they basically stitched some skin onto muscle, which restricted how my Ooh. muscles could move. Yeah, and it was really, like, really uncomfortable. So I remember messaging one of my friends who is a physio and was like, can I come and see you in clinic because I just don't think things are right and uh, so she said yeah look come in and she was running a perineal clinic she's like look get your GP to refer you we'll book you in it'll be fun. like we'll, we'll sort you out and then I went so about six to eight weeks I think I went in and I was like I just don't know things just don't feel right and I think I'd always had this label of dragging and I'd never really known what that actually felt like and I was like mm, maybe this is dragging maybe this is what everyone talks about um, and I said to her, like, I'm really worried that I had made sure I didn't look. I was like, it's n- I don't want to assess myself because I think that's sometimes the worst thing that you can try and do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and she was like, yeah, you know, there is there is some prolapse there. 
And I was just like, I mean, I was 28 at this point. I was really, like, with my eyes, really young. It was never the time when I thought I'd hear the words, you've got a prolapse. Um, and I was, yeah, I was just absolutely devastated. And in the same day, I'd booked in with one of the consultants who I knew to put a coil in. <laughs> and she was, in, in like a flippant conversation, I said, oh, I've, I, uh, you know, I've just been told I've got a prolapse. She's like, oh, yeah, there's some kind of prolapse there. Um, but, you know, everyone's got to have something. And it was like really throwaway. But I mean, I really respect this consultant. And I know she knows, she knew me really well. And I was like, but to my, it was so funny experiencing what everyone else experiences. Because I think Mm -hmm. as professionals, we can get a bit flippant. And we can be like, yeah, there's a prolapse there. Yeah, never mind. Like, you know, it'll be fine. You'll do some pelvic floor and it'll be fine. But actually to live it, it's so not fine. Even if you know the research, even if you know everything could be okay at some point in the future. In that moment nothing feels fine and it's like you're given this death sentence of like this is your life now and I was I felt like I'd been aged about 60 years like in that just one moment um and you're everything spins you're like was it my fault should I have done more pelvic floor you know I should know better my you know I should have birthed better if only I had done this if only you know you go down this spiral of like what ifs and ultimately yeah nothing I could do could change it um but it really rocked me and you know you're early postnatal you've got hormones flying yeah I remember that same trip to the hospital like I'd managed to feed I think twice from the wrong side so then I'd leaked all down my shirt I was in central London you know I had a new baby I'd driven there on my own which was about 45 minutes I remember just being like this is so not what I signed up for, you know, (laughs) this is so full on. Um, And yeah, I mean, I remember just being devastated. Like, obviously, you have this weird, like, I'm still so delighted for this amazing baby. But like, wow, this is so not how I imagined it to be. And I got really stuck in a rut for quite a long time about it. Um, It's it's interesting that you had all those emotions, I guess, that, that everybody has. But even though you had all the knowledge. Yeah you still lived it in the same way that everyone else is and it yeah. is just like everything you've described I can resonate completely with me and just that sense of permanency it's like yes. right that's it now then absolutely okay. yeah exactly and I think because it's given so much as like well it's prolapse that that's just that's just it and there's never this conversation it feels like a lot of the time of like you know, but actually I think the word prolapse as well like I think we don't often delve into it enough in some ways but actually a prolapse you can have prolapses of different things, you know, and I think sometimes when, you know, you can have a prolapse disc in your back. And I think the, the conversation and the language about it is quite different. It's like, okay, great. Well, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And then, you know, you'll have painkillers till this point and you'll probably do this sort of physiotherapy. And then, the, you know, and, and I don't, it never given that sort of same permeancy, even though probably, yes, the disc will always be the disc will always be changed, but it doesn't mean that your pain and your experience will be what you're experiencing right now. But mm-hmm. I don't think when it comes to vaginal prolapse, we approach it quite in the same way. And obviously I know that biologically it is a different thing, but actually when you come down to it, it's like, yes, there are changes in those walls. Yes, there are changes in where those pelvic organs are for, for some people. However, that doesn't mean that we're going to live like this forever. And I think is that conversation that I think sometimes missing. But again, as I say, even though I knew that, I just couldn't get myself into that place. Um, and it was um, a colleague of mine, another like colleague friend who I knew had experienced prolapse as well. I remember just calling her and just being like, how do you get through this? Like, mm-hmm. I just don't know what to do. And she was like, 
she was so helpful just you know she was kind of like a year on from where I was and she's like it does get better it you know I've been able to do this I've been able to do that and actually she said for me for a while just sort of leave the pelvic floor alone I almost just like switch off from it because I think sometimes with prolapse you get so and I don't know if you experience this but you just get so obsessed with it and like how does it feel today does it feel better was it better this morning than this evening have I done something today that's made it worse <laughs> you know you get yeah, it's just ever present it's like at the yeah. forefront of your mind all the time all whatever the... else is going on totally that's the thing and you just you're trying to be a parent and yet in your head you're like I feel it oh no did I wear the sling too much today oh did I walk too much today I can't even walk to the coffee shop all I want to do is get a coffee you know and you just go round and round and round and round on it and she was so good at just being like just park it for a month and just know you will get better but you're still super super early days and she's like just leave it give your brain a break and actually that's just what I needed and actually I just stopped doing any pelvic floor exercises um which obviously is opposite to what the research says but I just Mm -hmm. mentally needed a break and actually it really helped me um kind of I think just yeah have a bit of space from it and then come back to it and um then I felt a bit more confident um but my confidence was really what was knocked actually when you think about it okay there's been a lot of changes in my body like it's not like just you know my vaginal tissues have changed my tummy tissues have changed my breast tissues have changed like there was a lot of changes in my body but it's funny how the ones that happen vaginally are just so much more emotive for obvious reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, a huge part of the journey has been accepting that though there are physical changes in my body, it doesn't have to mean that all of my life therefore changes. And that's been a huge part, I think, of the last four years. It's nearly four years, actually. Next week is four mm-hmm. years. Um, yeah. and it, But it's taken me time to get there for sure. Yeah. and And I guess moving on to the decision Mm. then to have another child was it even something that was a big consideration for you because I know for a lot of women it is a really real fear isn't it yeah yeah absolutely so it's definitely a fear but I definitely knew I wanted more children so it was kind of this like I've got to get myself to a place where I feel able to be pregnant again so that first year postnatal initially I just yeah just didn't really I didn't physically really do much exercise wise I just kind of just did some pelvic floor and did some walking and then about a year postnatal I was like I've really got to do something about this and I was going back to work and things like that so I got in touch with our local like holistic core restore I don't know if you've come across them yeah Um, I I actually did did the same thing but uh, not until three or four years after it happened yeah Yeah. and And it was it was what inched me back into some exercise that was it and it was just someone I think telling me what to do again I had all the knowledge but I just needed someone to tell me what to do to give me a program and I basically through that second year became completely asymptomatic and I'm sure it totally was because I was training my body to withstand the pressures of everyday life and I think that's such a key message with prolapse isn't it we're so like the the language has always been like protect protect you know don't lift heavy don't do sit-ups don't lift anything protect 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 but actually what we're really now realizing and I think the language is obviously hugely changing is like you're still doing these things in everyday life like if you if you videoed yourself throughout your day you are squatting lunging lifting heavy weights so just because we tell you not to do that in a workout doesn't mean that you're not doing it we need to train your body for those moments so I think when I obviously went back into that training for life my symptoms massively changed and I think also mentally I changed because I was like wow I can do so much more my confidence grew and 
it was huge. Totally. And so by the end of that, so I actually chose to, um, well, I chose to, I breastfed for two years the first time. Um, and so I was very much like, I really want to finish breastfeeding, give myself a short window, a break before I go and do it all again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was part of the decision. And part of it was like, I just want to give myself as long as possible to has got as strong as possible before I kind of do it all again. Um, so it definitely was a consideration, but I, I guess, you know, my prolapse was on the mild side. So that that was all part of the consideration as well. Um, But I kind of just knew I just had to kind of get on with it. And I accepted that it could get worse. I accepted that I may be more symptomatic in pregnancy. Um, But yeah, it it, it was kind of just like, I just wanted to have more children. And so I was also like, you know, I don't know how the birth's going to go. I was like, just fall pregnant and then almost deal with it then. And I was like, you know, I could... Not that this is necessarily recommended, but you know that there is always the consideration: Do I have another vaginal birth or do I have a cesarean birth? You know, it's the big question, it's isn't it? It's the big question. Like, if and you're going to do it, how do you do it? How do you do it? And 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 I went through all of that. In the end, what um, I decided I wanted to try and have a vaginal birth again because it had been so uncomplicated the first time. I was like, the likelihood is is that it will be uncomplicated again. And rather than having to go and have major surgery, and I was like. I think I could do it. And because I was asymptomatic at this point, I was like, I think let's try. Um, and part of my problem the first time was that I laboured really quickly at home. And then I had the transition into hospital, which slowed things down. And then it was that yeah. trying to get things going again, which then was, I think, part of the challenge. I think almost if I'd stayed here, I would have had my daughter within probably the hour. Um, but first time round, you've literally got no no clue. But now having given birth again, I can see the signs were exactly the same. And I gave birth literally like half an hour after those moments. So um, I, I said, my husband was like, who's a doctor? So this is really interesting. He was like, let's have a home birth. And I was like, you are crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. And he was like, no, but he's like, I think it's so. It's sometimes easier for them if they've been watching you. He was like, you genuinely, I think you would have done it at home last time if we'd known and we would have had support. Uh, but you yeah. never know how you're going to labour. Um, but yeah, he was born within like two hours at home. It was like wow. super rapid. Um, my body sort of just did it. Um, and I think, yeah, I just felt really relaxed and comfortable. And it, I didn't think about the prolapse actually in the delivery at all. Like, I mean, there's so many other things going on, isn't there? You're like, just get this baby out of yeah. me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, I just didn't even, and actually through most of the pregnancy, my symptoms didn't get worse which was amazing, you know, and I, I was good at doing my pelvic floor and I did go and see a physio and I made sure that I did my perineal massage and I did everything that I tell other women to do. So I really tried to just kind of look after myself. But also I kept more active, I think, in pregnancy. Um, in my first pregnancy, we were like doing up our house. We It was a mental nine months. Um, and so it was literally, I didn't really, I did do some exercise, but not as much. And I really tried mm-hmm. in the second time. And I don't know if was, I'm just more active. I had a kid already, you know, there just wasn't the option not to be. But yeah. I think definitely keeping strong in pregnancy made a big difference to my postnatal yeah. recovery. And I think I was more confident in my postnatal recovery as well second time to just get on with a few more things, knowing that actually when I was more active, my prolapse symptoms were better. Um, and I don't know if you And I suppose that. in a way, maybe trusting yourself a little bit more to know if things are going in the right direction or if you need to take a break or if you need to do a little bit more. Yeah, completely, completely. And I think also just um, knowing I'd recovered before, 
you know, having that lived experience that I was like, even if I'm more symptomatic for this first year, I know I still recovered much yeah. better within the second year when maybe I was getting a bit more sleep, I had a bit more time to think about myself, things like that. And I think just that lived experience has just helped me just be a bit more relaxed and take the rough yeah. days as they come. Because I think, as you all know, with prolapse, it's such a roller coaster, isn't it? You have these like better bits and you're like, yeah, it's fine. And then you have a week or day where you're like, oh no, everything's back where it was. And what did I do? How did, did this happen? This is the thing. What did I do to make this happen? Yeah. Exactly. And you analyze everything that you've yeah. done and then, and you just lose perspective as well. Because, and I know this from sitting with women, you know, and I'm like, but actually your symptoms were not for so many days or they're actually not as bad as they were six months ago when we started this journey. But you can't see that when you're in it. When you're in no. that day, you're like, no, everything is back where it was. So well, been... again, because it's something you can't see. No. And this is, this is part of the big problem with this, isn't it? It's not like a cut on your finger that you can monitor <laughs> as it heals or did you get it infected or whatever. You just, it's all in the head because that's the only way you have of monitoring it really. So, so, and... You know okay so you can look but still you know what I mean but even then even if you look like it, a yeah. prolapse can look different between the time of the day when I examine some women at different times in their cycle you know so it's really hard because we and I get this message and this question so much from women um, especially on social media like will it ever go will it be gone and, and the, the honest answer is maybe not but actually that doesn't matter and um, I'm not saying it doesn't matter in the sense of like, it does matter to me. I feel changed. But it's coming to that acceptance of like, it's not that that will change probably what you're looking for. Because what most of us want is to not have symptoms and yeah. to be able to do what we love. When you break it to be down. be able to do what you want to do. This yeah. is the thing. When we break it down, it's like, what do we really want? And yes, okay, most of us would love the fact that our vaginal wall was not stretched and was not changed. But really, on the day-to-day, -day, no one's going to know. I can't see it. What I really want is to be not symptomatic of it. And yeah. as you say, to do what you want. And it's been uh, a year, I guess, now. Yes. Your little one's just, just, just turned, turned one. one. How have you found your prolapse with the recovery? Like, Have you noticed it's got any worse, yeah. like particularly since before you had him? Or what's it been like? So initially, I was like, wow, I'm really surprised at how well I've recovered. You know, I really just didn't feel really much more symptomatic. It's really hard though, postnatal, isn't it? Because you're not doing as much as you probably did before. And I think sometimes it's that activity versus symptoms. You're like, if I did a bit more, maybe I'd be more symptomatic. I definitely noticed it when I was sort of baby wearing a lot and he had reflux really badly. And we went into oh, lockdown yeah. <laughs> number one <laughs> when he was like eight weeks old or around oh, eight gosh. to 10 weeks. So, I so stress as well. Stress, this is the thing. And in that time, it was absolutely crazy. And I'd put everything in place in my life to cope with two children. Like I was going to have, two sets of grandparents coming one day a week nursery was going to start in the spring like we had the groups booked in you know everything was put in place and suddenly overnight I had literally everything stripped and not only that but my husband just was so busy like he couldn't even come mm. home he'd come home to help with bath time he wasn't there so I was literally like Aww. I am on my own here and I've just got to get on and really I just was, so I had to have him in the sling for a lot of the day because one I couldn't do anything with my toddler with he couldn't lie down flat because his reflux yeah. was so bad so I just had to put, almost park myself and just say I will deal with this when I can but right now yeah. I've got to survive so in that time I would say I was 
a bit more symptomatic by the end of the day. It was that classic, like, morning was okay. I baby wear a lot during the day. I'm not anti-baby wearing. Baby wearing is life. (laughs) But, but, you know, when we add weight or we add challenges, it can make you more symptomatic. Not everybody, but some people. Um, And I personally just found that did aggravate me by the end of the day. So I had a few months like that, really. But and, And then I think... I was able to do a bit more activity once the summer came, things settled a little bit in the crazy. Um, and definitely I noticed that once I'm more active doing exercise wise, I feel much better. And I mean like workouts, not just pelvic floor exercises. Um, and then, yeah, really then he's become more able and more. So I guess I've been carrying less. So but I'd say this last six months has been a bit up and down. And I think a lot of that has been hormones, like periods returning, things like that. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, I've been fine for three weeks. And I was like, why am I suddenly more symptomatic? And then, you'd, you know, you'd have your period. And you'd be like, oh, right, that's why, um, you know. And so that, but I haven't had periods for like, you know, a year and a half mm-hmm. or however long it's been. Um, so that that was definitely a change. Um, and, you know, they get big and they get heavy. And then, yeah. you know, then they teeth and they, they just want to cling on you again. And then you're trying to lug toddlers, as, you know, and at the minute, you know, the only way I can see people is if I go out for a long walk and in the mud and then I'm pushing <laughs> buggies, yeah. dragging scooters. And, you know, so when yeah. you look at my life, I'm like constantly physically doing stuff. So, yeah, I've accepted the rough with the smooth. I definitely found the recovery easier than last time. I think sometimes I can't decide if that's a physical thing or a mental thing at times. Um, but I think both. I think physically I found it easier. But also, um, I didn't have any stitches in my muscles this time. So I think I felt like my pelvic floor just recovered quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think they're recovering a year postnatal. Like, I don't believe in it. it's not a six-week thing. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm still I'm still working on it. Um, yeah. And some days I just forget. Like, it's my job. I talk about it constantly. I talk to people about it constantly. But I guess at the end of the day, I'm like, I've done no pelvic floor exercises today. Um, we're all the same. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, I mean, that's going to offer a lot of, positivity and and a hope I think for for a lot of women so I mean doing I read that there isn't a lot of research around this is it is it automatically the case that another pregnancy will will make your prolapse worse I don't think there is a lot of like concrete I think anytime we add load and weight to weakened structures if you like you know you're kind of saying well there could be ongoing weakening personally for me like there wasn't a huge amount of change. Again, it depends on what that birth is, you know. If you again have, if you maybe then went on and had a forceps delivery or a vontus or another significant tear, you know, it might be different. Yeah. And I think sometimes women experience things after a second birth and that second birth gets all of the blame. But actually, I think sometimes things, and I've seen this in myself as well, you know, I think we forget that our pelvic health is not just boundary to pregnancy and postnatal like part of my story was I had something called hypothalamic amenorrhea which basically means okay. I know very long fancy medical terms basically <laughs> no period for a significant amount of time based okay. on to do with your brain and stuff like that so I had about I think it was about three or four years of no natural period so I'd been on HRT that menopausal women would be put on I'd tried loads of different pills I was really progesterone tolerant I mean it was just this crazy concoction of hormones for about three or four years but I'd had no natural periods and part of that had been it really affected my bowels and I know a lot of menopausal women talk about this like they're being more constipated bowels being a bit of a problem and so I honestly think some of those changes had happened before I even fell pregnant um, yeah. and and so again 
when you can look at a bird's eye view of the whole picture, often the one thing that created your symptoms isn't the, it's just the straw that broke the camel's back. It's not yeah. the whole picture. But I know having talked with lots of obstetricians and I did a post about this, like, because I, I know so many women ask about it. Often a cesarean is not recommended because actually the pregnancy itself is a huge part of it. And even if we give you a cesarean, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have had a progression of a prolapse. And it's that whole thing of like, do we then give you major surgery and potentially other complications or do we? But again, it's never, ever one picture. And it depends on your physical health. It depends on your mental health. Yeah. And I know for myself, I thought, what if I get to that point of trying to push a baby out? And I just can't because emotionally I'm like, I don't want to push. I don't want to make it worse. Thankfully, I was fine. And to honest, you don't think about it. As I say, it just happened. But, you know, there's so many things and we have to journey that with women. And, and I think my message to women is always like flag as early as possible that you've, you're concerned, that you're worried in that booking appointment. You know, yes, you may not get a cesarean or you may not even really want a cesarean, but it's, have that conversation. It's, yeah. it, the conversation is warranted and it's... a. All of it is risk benefit, isn't it? There's just no one answer, is there? No and and yes, you could have uh, another vaginal birth and yes, it could get worse. Yes. Or you could have another vaginal birth and actually it doesn't get worse at all. And the same can apply to a C-section. I get why it's such a, a big deal for a lot of women. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that occurs to me is that it's not selfish to ask those questions, like no. being worried about what might happen to your prolapse. That's not a selfish thing no. okay we all think you know it should all be about the baby what's best for the baby but actually that's a big con that you know that's a big part of it as well so ask those questions 100 percent. because if you're going to go into you know motherhood having your mental health even more impacted because of a physical symptom or a physical condition yeah. that's never going to be best for the baby and i think i so long for us to move past you know this this pressure on women to be like just be thankful you have a healthy baby. It's like, oh, I am. Oh, that's a big one, isn't it's it? It's a big one. Yeah. And I'm 100% thankful for my children. And yeah. I would do it all again for mm. them. 100%. But I'm also 100% me. I'm 100% interested in my own physical well-being because I want to look after my kids and I want to be yeah. able to lift them and I want to run after them when they're scooting down the road at a million miles an hour and I don't want them to fall into the road, you know. I am as important... And I think that just is it's so it's so hard to sometimes say I am important too. Um, I'm going to let you go in a minute because I know because you've got a lot going on. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to ask you one last thing, which mm. was about like, I guess about your openness. Your Instagram's great. Like you talk about your own experience and put all this advice out there for people. Yeah. Did you? Was it a big decision for you to talk about your own experience openly like that, especially as a physio and yeah. a kind of professional on the other side of things? What what informed that decision, decision. and how difficult was it? Yeah, it took, me, it took me a long time because I think, one, I try and keep it as professional as possible because, you know, I didn't show a lot of my own life for quite a long time. And then I realised as I was kind of in social media a bit more and I saw women talking, I was like, there's just no one opening up these conversations. And I saw a lot more conversations opening up about like, oh, I've been incontinent. Oh, I've leaked urine. I've never had that problem. And it's never been a problem for me. And I just saw this and I was like, there's no one actually talking and almost giving a voice to prolapse and giving a face to prolapse, isn't it? Because I think the face of prolapse, and if you look at anything online, is an older woman. And yeah. I just was like, you know what? If I can't talk about this, when I talk about this as like every second word in my job, no one else is going to do it. Yeah. And I just got to the point, I'm generally quite an open person anyway. And I just thought, 
I'll just share. What's the worst that can happen? Um, yeah. And I did. And the response was crazy. Like so many women being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe. Because I think people think what comes with my job description is my pelvic floor is awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> sadly, it's, it's... You and your perfect pelvic yeah, floor. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's part of my, it's top of my CV. Um, it's just not the case. You know, we live it in the same way as everywhere else. And sometimes I think we're a little bit crazy as pelvic health physios because we're so obsessed. But I just was like, I'm going to put it out there. I didn't really discuss it with anyone. I just, I, it was part of like, yeah, I'd done my postnatal check and I thought, I'm just going to say it. And then women were like really resonating with it. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just share a bit more because actually why not you know why not and actually I've been amazed at how many people have been like thank you for sharing it's really helped me in my own journey to know because I think it's the loneliness in it that is part of the problem yes and as you say you go on a forum and everyone's you know having surgery or that seems to be the only option or it's it's just the the end of time and I was like we need a different narrative and we need to start saying to women this is not the end and if I can do something to help that, then you know what? I feel like I should. It's part of my job. You know, that's what I do in my day job. So why should I not do that on social media? Um, I never imagined when I was on social media that I'd ever have a sort of a platform that I could share this on. I never started it for that reason. I just thought, oh, I'll just see what happens. Um, I don't think anyone sets out to talk about the vagina on no, social exactly. media, really, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing I'll make my yeah. name for. Yeah, and they'll be known no. as that crazy no, no, woman no. that just talks about prolapse. Um, <laughs> but I think also there's been a huge shift in social media, hasn't there? There's been a lot more professionals yeah. on there. There's been a lot more people looking for support. And actually, I think what an interesting year 2020 was, you know, suddenly my experience coincided with the pandemic when women couldn't get help and I think it's been a really interesting time and then I think that was all part of my decision as well I was like you know women can't even access help and we're all on social media all the time at the minute because we're in our stuck in our houses like let's bring 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 that here so um yeah sometimes I'm like oh gosh it's out there now <laughs> and in the end I'm like well actually you know, we need to be having this conversation there should be no shame there should be no shame no shame here not anymore I really hope that's helpful, especially if you have a prolapse uh, and you're pregnant or you're thinking about having another baby. You can follow Claire on Instagram at Physio. That's all one word. And it's Claire, C-L-A-R-E, born, B-O-U-R-N-E, physio. Our conversation is obviously not intended as medical advice, so do seek out your own professional help. In the next episode, we're going to hear from a listener, someone who messaged me way back when I started the podcast and said something like, Oi, what about older women? Dr. Jan Russell describes herself as a feisty old crone. That's next week on Why Mums Don't Jump with me, Helen Ledwick. Please keep telling your friends about the podcast. It does make a difference. And if you like, you can now support Why Mums Don't Jump on Buy Me A Coffee. And it can be completely anonymous if you prefer. You can find the link in the show notes or on social media at Why Mums Don't Jump or online at whymumsdontjump.com. Bye for now.